Yo, yo, yo. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to the LTK show. This here is Luther Kangas. And on the show today, I got my buddy, the co-host, Eric Onkstead, as always. But our guest today is John Creasel. We got a big guest today, right? Kreese is a, he's a former politician here in the state of Minnesota. He's on the House of Representatives. And he also is a guest on KFAN. You'll find him on the Power Trip Morning Show on occasion. And today we talk about, we catch up a little bit about the Vikings, uh, the season so far. We talk about, well, we talk about his golf game, which is fun. We get into his political career a little bit and a few other things. But, um, yeah, we really appreciate you being on, Crease. Thanks much. And hey, guys, just FYI, if you're looking for a speaker, go to johnmcreasel.com. He's a motivational speaker as well, so check out his website if you're interested in booking him. Uh, before we get into the show, though, I'd like to take the time to thank our sponsor. Our sponsor is the JP4 Foundation, and the JP4 Foundation uses the game of baseball to provide healthy meals, healthy activities, and healthy relationships for youth in the Twin Cities. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using the handle JP4 Foundation or by visiting them at jp4foundation.org. All right, guys, uh, we're going to get into this thing. I was a little under the weather for this one, but my guys, Onkstead and Crease will pick me up. And, uh, yeah, before we get rocking, a little shout-out to my buddy, Mike Odette, Odizzle, um, babe. All right, guys, let's get rocking with John Creasel. We usually start out now with some shout-outs. So I got a couple for me, some listeners. So my Uncle Dale caught a 53-inch, 50-pound muskie. He heard that, that episode. Just yeah. an absolute monster. So I'm going to shout-out to him. I'm going to shout-out to Jordan Lindy. He... Sent me a little message today, a little banana cream pa shout out, <laughs> banana cream pie. Uh, you got any shout outs? Yeah, I got a shout out for John Creasel. Thanks for being on the show, brother. Appreciate <laughs> you. Back. We Glad got Creasel. Uh, Mark Jansen, I bet you remember him, Creasel. Mm-hmm. Loyal listener. Katie, Katie Eckert, once again, and Carrie and Trent Martin, and we're done with the shout outs for today. Boom. All right. Let's get rock of a little warm up here, Crease. Um, first one, and this would be for both of you guys. But if you owned an NFL team, who would you pick to be your head coach? Mm, that's tough. Um, I I don't know. I I go back and forth on Zimmer. I like the the younger guys with the uh, where they're a little more. So I'll just sum it up and say the enemy would be my guy. And he's not even really much, much younger, but he's more innovative. I mean, watching the Chiefs gain four yards is more entertaining than a Vikings 15-yard gain. It's just they're, they're so innovative. Their personnel is obviously a lot better for that. But, yeah, that would be my guy. Eric's sleeping with the enemy. I think that's actually a – that's a solid pick, and I actually agree with your sentiment of having the guys who are a little more innovative, a little more willing to try things that you may have seen. Well, at least ten years ago, we would have called them college types, type, uh, you know, coaches. Yeah. It's it, if you would asked me this like five months ago, I for sure would have dropped a Belichick. But then now seeing what happened, having lost Brady, and it's not that they're not good. 
you start to think maybe Brady was a part of it. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm – dude, honestly, this is kind of a cop-out, but I swear to God I'm going enemy too. I like that dude. I think he deserves a shot, and I think he'd do a great job. So how about, like, if you were to pluck any coach, like a, a dude that's coaching right now? So you're saying who, would it be? who coaches now? Go ahead. Yeah. Mm. Um, man, that's tough. Because, it is a yeah, tough you, one. Because you go – Belichick is, is the king of preparation. Look at Justin Herbert was shredding the league and now he might retire (laughs) he he was and it's he just he humbles people and he does it with to your point eric it it he does it with personnel that is not they don't draft great they just they have role players they have a system that works no matter who's in it obviously you need a quarterback but every team does you need a quarterback to, to be a successful team. Uh, if you give them a look, Cam Newton is trash. <laughs> yep. And and they still are. What are they six and six now? So they're they're in the mix, right? With with a team that that really shouldn't be. So so if I could pluck anybody, yeah. And he's kind of the he's the anti youth movement because he's been doing this forever and he's still great at it. Yeah, you got you got Mike Tomlin, who's actually coaching in a game as we speak. That guy's he's got quite a track record. And if you look at Pittsburgh, it looks like they've got a penchant for picking good coaches Mm -hmm. and keeping them. So that's a job a player wants if he gets it right. Yeah, I'm a big Tomlin guy. I think Tomlin would be my guy. I just love his energy. I love his like, dude. I love watching his press conferences. First of all, like he's just straight business, Mm -hmm. but he's got personality. I like him a lot. Um. All right, now this one, it's kind of funny. I, I wrote this question, and now I'm kind of laughing at myself after I wrote this, but would you rather – we play a little would you rather for lately. So we got would you rather run at 100 miles an hour or fly at 10 miles an hour? Shit, I, I'd, I'd take walking at two miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm like, shoot. After I wrote that one, I'm like, whoops, it easy. Yeah. Well, Creasel, you're he, he can handle stuff like that. Dude, Creasel, I got to tell you something. I'm just going off script here, but one of my buddies listened to the podcast that you were on, and he's like, dude. So he was telling my other buddies, he's like, you got to listen to this podcast. Even if you don't listen to the rest of them, listen to the Creasel one. He's like, this guy's a fucking true blue American. This is what an American sounds like, is like. So I just wanted to share that with you. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, and honestly, I, I know me and Luther feel the same way. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And like I said, I went off script. Sorry to Thanks. sorry to jump all over you, Luth. But that's some good feedback we got for you, brother. And I agree with it. So I appreciate it. So, yeah, I would take the run at 100 miles an hour then. Gotcha. Well, I'll take fly uh, then. <laughs> I'd have to have some pretty hefty wings for my big ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, are you a breakfast, lunch, or dinner guy? Dinner. Dinner. What's I, your meal? Like, give me the whole spread, whole situation. I like a, I like a good steak, either a New York strip or a, or a ribeye with some, with some uh, good vegetables, potatoes. Yeah, gotta have a, gotta have a green vegetable and then a potato. That's kind of my ideal. Where's your go-to in the Seven County metropolitan area then? If it's a steakhouse. If it's a steak. Yeah, probably Manny's solid call. Can't yep. really go wrong there, right? 
Nice. Okay, would you rather visit 100 years in the past or 100 years in the future? Ooh. This depends on where you stand on global warming. And we're, <laughs> and we're not going to get political. But... <laughs> yeah. I mean, shit. Let's, let's say global warming is, is picks up even. Then, then right. let's go 100 years in the future. Maybe our winter is quite a bit shorter. <laughs> Polar bears are wearing sunglasses and shit. It could be cool. Maybe White Bear Lake would be oceanfront. There you go, dude. Now you're talking. <laughs> um, all right. Last one of the warm-up. Was the Vadness Heights clown real? I think so. Yeah. I was I was on the playground. I missed the bus the one day, and I was back there, and there were some kids that were scared. I didn't see him. Uh he or her. I don't want to. I don't want to say that that was definitely a dude. Uh, and it, <laughs> when I was in the office calling my parents to say come and get me, there were some real distraught kids in there saying they saw someone come out of the woods. And the sheriff's department came, and uh, so I was there at that time, and I I think it was real, man. That's actually really funny that you bring that up. So you obviously went to Vadness Elementary, I take it. You bet. Right? So I had heard that story when we were about that age and at that time i, I want to say that happened like in spring or summer um and i know that whatever we were playing youth baseball and i remember having played a game at badness not long after that had been reported mm -hmm. but i think that the way i heard it was through word of mouth from kids as well as parents and then it just manifests into whatever it turns into but i remember and you might remember this crease but there were like two uh trees that were like put into an X in the woods. Oh. And everyone was telling me like, dude, the clown did that. And I'm just like, I believed it. But now in retrospect, it's like, yeah, it was probably just like a 16 year old kid. Yeah. But someone was back there. I, I yeah, don't no, think I believe many it. kids would have, would have been that fired up about it. And my Absolutely. dad, my dad's like, Oh, I'll, I'll fuck that clown up. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing stories that he was yeah. leaving like happy's potato chips on people's doorsteps and stuff i don't know and then i just or she i just or she. google searched it and <laughs> meet cleaver wielding clown meant no harm what? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. right <laughs> but it was on the news too i mean that i remember the principal mrs nelson i think i probably because my troublemaking ass i should be able to <laughs> name every principal all the way through high school um i, th I would have thought you knew the kids that they had to everything right right <laughs> yeah what that's funny that that uh because i think it was on on uh regular network tv they were playing it on cbs i think and so i think they said that's probably what inspired them because that was on and that's scary and then all of a sudden there's a legit clown going on the playground yeah crazy times yeah yeah that's nuts man um what uh so i kind of want to parlay this into so all right when we were kids onkstead and i onkstead was typically the culprit but we kind of stir the potter on the neighborhood um one of the things we did actually when we were 16 we were driving okay like one of our games i don't know if you remember this we told you this one crease but so we drive around to our neighborhood and like a mile from our Vadness neighborhood was Cub Foods. So that was kind of like our go-to, like mm -hmm. we'd see somebody, we'd be driving just in a back street in our neighborhood. We'd see somebody like out in their lawn and be like, 
All right, let's get this guy. The game was called Directions. All right, so we'd ask this guy how to get the Cub boots. All right. <laughs> So this dude, he'd come walking down, or people, they'd come walking down. They'd be like, well, yeah, you just want to go to the end of the street here. You're going to take a left at the stop sign. And then once you get to here, and then we just floor it and just leave. <laughs> you, you peel just off in your shitbox 86 Grand Am or whatever you had. And they laugh. But the, what's so funny about that, too, is that game manifested into something different to where we started getting people on bikes. We'd bike up next or drive up next to them as they were biking parallel with us mm -hmm. and ask them, hey, any idea how to get to a gas station from here? And then they'd be biking three miles an hour. You'd be driving. And then as they'd be giving you direction, you'd stop. Mm -hmm. So then they'd stop and then you'd take off. And we just got a huge kick out of that. <laughs> I don't know. And it's harmless. Yeah, it's it's harmless for sure. But we did get the cops called on us. What? Absolutely. Some some old woman who didn't appreciate that she didn't get to finish telling us how to get to Amico. Uh, <laughs> pissed off, and I remember the cops came, and the cop pulled us over, and it was like, yeah, we thought she was done giving us directions. He's like, all right, then. Have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? That's funny. <laughs> Did you have any uh, good stories growing up, like stirring the pot? Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if the statute of limitations has passed yet, so should I even... <laughs> Yeah, we used to do real stupid shit. We would take, uh, we would beat up mailboxes too. Then I mean that was dumb. But when I first got my license, my dad gave me his 1984 Chevrolet Blazer S10. It was before the Blazers were kind of small. This thing was. I will put it this way: if I drove that Blazer over the IED in Iraq, I wouldn't have lost any limbs. Like this fucking thing was solid. So, um. I got it, and we would drive over. You know, the big garbage cans that you roll out at the end, they're indestructible. Yep. But we, on trash day, once in a while, we'd, I'd uh, steer over and just smoke one. And my dad would be like, and it would, you know, make a little bit of a mess. And I wouldn't be going like 50 miles an hour or anything. Uh, and the only thing that broke was the bug shield. And... <laughs> And then I took that thing off of a couple jumps and bent the running boards up. Um, it was, yeah, that was, that was dumb. I was, I was an idiot growing up. I needed the army, but yeah. So we do stuff like that. I was the first out of my crew to get my license as I, I turned 18 uh, or 16 October, like okay. a month, month into the school year of what was that? We we're still at North. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so that was that was always a riot because it was like we'd have. I think at one point we got, I think we got, thirteen people in there. I mean, people <laughs> laying on top of each other like stacked up. It was it was ridiculous. Uh, that's awesome, dude. Um, sweet, yeah, it was good times, man. Let's uh. So I wanted to ask you too. Let's let's transition into some sports. Um, did you catch the Vikes game yesterday? Of course. That's a dumb question. Yeah, on on Sundays, unless I'm out of town, which is rare. Usually we make we went on a big long road trip, 2,500 miles, traveled across uh, down to Tennessee through a bunch of states, and then but we made sure to get back and be able to get the rental car back and be home before the football game started. This was a couple weeks ago, so. Yesterday, yes, we were home for football, watched all the games. Uh, it was a pretty pretty fun football Sunday. It was. I agree. 
Yeah, what you what you think of the Vikes game yesterday? Obviously squeaked it out against a pretty lowly Jacksonville team. Um, kind of forced our way into overtime with, I think, and Eric and I were talking before about some of Zimmer's questionable, you know, kind of clock management skills. And what did you think of the game yesterday? It, just classic Vikings playing down to their competition. Now, I I don't think I think Jacksonville is better than their record indicates. They should have won at Green Bay. They've been in some tight games. Uh, with that being said, there was enough injuries on defense that the Vikings should have crushed in in the first half. We, I think we out they outgained us two to one in yards. They had like a six minute time of possession lead, but they were only I think it was nine to six at halftime, wasn't it? It was yep something mm-hmm. like that. So it was a pillow fight enough that the Vikings were able to hang around enough for the offense to kind of get going and then. That was Justin Jefferson time. God, he's a stud, isn't he? He is. That kid can play in that dance. He didn't do the the part where he puts his fingers up to his eyes. I was a little bummed out, but still I know. fun to watch. <laughs> so we, I think we found out yesterday too, Crease, that had, not having Kendricks, I think he was scratched right before the game, right? Tweaked like a calf or something. Something like that, yeah. He's an integral part of our of our defense, and I think yesterday it showed a little bit. That was huge. But yep. I think everyone knew that. I'm not saying it was like an epiphany, but but, but when you take, see it though, when you see it actually, take you want it place, manifest itself for sure. Yeah, then you're like, yeah, okay, we're you kind you never really appreciate what you have till it's gone. Absolutely, and I think there's something to be said too about the leadership he brings, mm-hmm. as much as his physical ability, because his ability is great. But I think there's just a, a general calm that he probably brings to the defense and is able to convey things that maybe the next guy in can't do. And it's not that the guy can't do it, but he's not getting the number one rep, so I think that probably has something to do with it. Right. But but what the hell do I know? <laughs> I'll tell you this. So Luther and I were talking specifically yesterday about the Vikings game, and it was two different situations late in the game where we felt that the Vikings – we can't even say it was Zimmer because there's probably situational coaches – uh, but we made two pretty piss poor calls. Luther, you want to talk about the first one? Well, I think it was the at the end of the game he called timeout with 23 seconds left, which I thought was a little bit sketchy. I would want to hang on to that last timeout, yeah. you know, with the field goal situation, you know, just freeze it when you're looking to kick a field goal. So we called that timeout with 23 seconds left, and not only did from what was it? It would have been a 51 yarder at that point. So at that point, like the announcer said, I was right there with him you know, get six, eight yards, do a little out route, yes. you know, make the, make the field goal a little bit easier. Instead and you of taking throw that a last fucking shot. bomb. Yes. Right. right. So, I mean, and I've seen multiple times in Zimmer's career where it's like, man, I don't know what he's doing with the clock. Like when it gets inside of a minute and he's using timeouts, I don't think he knows how to use them. No, now here's the I other just, thing. He Chris. should get a, there should be a coach that just deals with timeouts and game. Yes. Offensive and quality control coach. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and they should run scenarios. I agree with the other thing is, is when Jacksonville tried to kick a long field goal before I believe uh, regulation expired, it was like a 62, right? Or six. Yes. We didn't have a guy back to receive, to potentially receive and return that kick. And I'm, we were sitting there yelling at the TV. <laughs> Any thoughts on that? I mean, I watched LSU house one against Alabama and piss all over them. Was it two years ago? But you oh, know what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah, right, yeah. Chris? Because yes. you can do that. And the best part is, is that field goal team is, I mean, if they've prepared at all for a kick return, it's been twice. And you got a bunch of big dudes who probably don't have as much mobility as they should. And they haven't practiced for it. Anyway, the other thing I will say is this. 
we can all sit here on the couch and say whatever we want. I still like Mike Zimmer. Mm-hmm. I just was a little – I thought some of those calls were questionable. But I like your thoughts on it. I, I like Mike Zimmer as well. He frustrates me with his game management. And, and to her point in the open of, of the podcast where – He's he's too old school, and now he's loosened up a little bit. I like I think a lot of that was Stefanski, though. Now we've got Zimmer, we've got Kubiak, two old school dudes that seem to be so set in their ways that they don't that this is just the way it is, and that's that's it's frustrating because the game every year changes so much. It's a copycat league, and it seems like the Vikings are always a couple steps behind. In that, in that sense, in this, the analytics have taken over the game. And you, you look at teams like Pittsburgh, a lot of times we'll go for two and not even mess with the extra point, except right. today because, uh, of course, I took them minus six. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's very frustrating. And I don't think there's a game that goes by that there isn't a really big head scratcher that comes from his game management. And that part of it's frustrating, especially when the team isn't that good. You can't make those mistakes. Yeah. And do you think it's do you think it's just because we follow so much more closely the Vikings and are emotionally invested that we notice that? Absolutely. I guess what, what I'm asking is do do are all the teams doing it and maybe we just don't notice it because we're not as tied to it. Right. It's it always seems like it's more of a problem for us because we're we watch every minute of the Vikings game I watch the other games too but not as closely because I'll have four games on I'm not watching each one super close like I am the Vikings game and so yeah I think there's a bit to that there's got to be something to it yeah I think Zimmer is pretty slow to evolve just like you know I think look at his mentors I know he calls Parcells like weekly Mm -hmm. um you know he's got Kubiak now and he's ran like to me he's ran a few offensive coordinators out of town. And I think it's just, he wants to run the ball and stop the run like old school nineties, two thousands football, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he, he seems just slow to evolve. And I think he's great as a defensive play caller and as a defensive coordinator, he's awesome. But when it comes to clock management, you know, taking care of the offensive side, making sure his offensive, you know, coaching staff is, solid and on the same page just with the whole team I think he lacks in that area yeah and he 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 gets to be a bit knee-jerk as well he's the side of the ball that he doesn't really pay attention to is and that's why he's got Kubiak because he trusts him Kubiak is a former head Mm -hmm. coach he he likes having that then he can kind of just not not really care about the offense as much and focus on the defense and and but then all of a sudden Something something goes wrong and he loses his shit. Look at special teams. He's always flipping out. Now he has reason to. But right, he's I, ran kickers out of here too. Yeah. You know, like Daniel Carlson's legit, man. He is he's got, legit. He's, he's one of the best kickers in the league, and I think he just puts so much pressure on those guys. If you miss a field goal, like you're out of here. Like that's just not. You gotta every once in a while pat him on the bat. Like not everybody's the same, man. Like you can't be like, hey, you got this. You know, you right. got this. Everybody and has I, a bad game. I don't see that from him. He just tries to challenge everybody, which, okay, that's cool, but, you know, some people are different, mm-hmm. you know. So, you got hey, something? Hey, so a natural progression in this. Uh, we, we obviously talked about the coaching staff, but <clears throat> what do you think about old Kirk Cousins? What, what do you think about his play? What do you think about our potential of having him uh, years beyond now? And how do you feel and what do you want? 
I, I'm a Kirk Cousins guy. All right. I'm and and that with that being said, I'm not saying that this is a top five quarterback. I'm not saying it's a top he's a borderline top ten quarterback. And he gets paid middle tier uh middle tier cash. For some reason, our fan base is obsessed with his contract and for some reason thinks he's tremendously overpaid. We acquired him as a free agent. For one, people of his talent are not generally available in, uh, in free agency. You have to draft a quarterback and develop them. And that's where you get guys like Mahomes and, and Russell Wilson and where you get them playing on the cheap for four to five years, depending on what round they were drafted. And so with him, think about in our lifetime, back to when we're in high school and they had the good run in 98 with uh, Cunningham, who wasn't even our starting quarterback. That was Brad Johnson's year, and he got hurt. Cunningham came in. We had lightning in a bottle. We all know how it ended. We've had so many starting quarterbacks. There's been no stability at the position. Culpepper started to bring it. He gets his knee shredded, and so I think they're – when we saw that Kirk Cousins was going to become available, they were chomping at the bit, said absolutely, and I fully supported it. With that being said, he is a guy that we know what he is. That wasn't his first year in the league. We didn't just draft him and go, we got to figure out what his strengths are. He is a pocket passer, and if you give him time to throw the ball, he's lethal. He's extremely accurate. When he doesn't have time, shit hits the fan. So if you're going to build the team around him, you can't piece together an offensive line. It makes no sense. So to me, Kirk gets blamed for a lot of this stuff, and that's part of being the front of the, the team, the leader of the team, the face of the franchise. But a lot of this is on, on Spielman for drafting, but Zimmer has a lot of say in that too. And when you neglect the offensive line and you have a pocket passer, this is what happens. And I think he's outperformed considering what he look yesterday he nearly died (laughs) (laughs) he was getting abused and he he played a pretty damn good game i tell you what man i i think you hit the nail on the head on like three specific points i first of all i agree with your sentiment 100 percent. the first thing is as far as the contract thing i think we got joe mauer syndrome Mm-hmm. that started to be an issue for people with Maurer. And I always maintain, like, you got a hell of a good baseball player here. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Yep. But but now you're, you're spot on. People start to look at the contract, but then you nailed another issue. You put an O-line in front of this guy, and actually, I'll say this. I feel like our O-line has progressed this year and gotten a lot better. So hats off to the coaches and hats off yes. to the players. But, dude, when he gets time, he's a good player. And when he doesn't, he's not. He looks like he's got Velcro on him when the guys are in the pocket. The last thing, and I think you drilled this too, is the dude is who he is. It's not like some guy you took a flyer on and hoped he'd get better. We picked Kirk Cousins, who you said it. He's a, he's probably a ceiling top 10 guy, but he's definitely middle or better of the pack quarterback, a guy who can win you games. And all of a sudden, one year after that, he comes and he does what he does and what you paid him for, and now people lose their mind and they think he's supposed to be Tom Brady. So I'm just echoing your sentiment because I think you drilled it on every level. I agree with you. And and to go back to the the best year we've had recently was 2017, 13-3, made it to the NFC title game. Everyone fell in love with Case Keenum because of that year. He was fun to watch. He made some plays happen. 
on the flip side of it, and I'll hear input from guys like Pete Bursich and other people too, where they see the big picture. They're up in the booth. Keenum missed so many downfield throws, and I don't even mean he didn't throw it accurately. He didn't see a guy wide the fuck open. Sure. And and that frustrated the coaching staff. And so they looked at it, and that's not a guy that you that they felt comfortable with giving a 17 to $20 million a year deal, which, yes, it would have been cheaper than Kirk, but only by eight, maybe $9 million, which that's a lot. But at the quarterback, the most important position in all of pro, pro sports, you, you need a guy that you can trust. And Kirk Cousins, the majority of the time, will not lose you a game. People say he's not going to win you a game either. This year he's been forced to do it, and he's been pretty damn good with a team that's pretty average. I agree with that. I really do. I think you nailed that. And I know uh, I didn't ask Luther about this, but I think we're going to drop a transition here. You want to talk about being in the most important position in sports. Let's talk about just the most important position on the planet Earth, the president of the United States. (laughs) My question for you, and and as a rule, we don't get political on the show. Not as a rule, but we just generally steer clear of it because it's People get all pissed off. You're going to piss off half the people regardless. Yeah, yeah. And here's the best part. At the end of the day, you can scream your ass off. You can even get physical. The other person's mind doesn't change. No, you're right. But I'm curious because you actually had a career in politics. You de- you, you know you, you know the ins and outs. I'm curious as to, A, where you stand on the political climate right now, and B, do you actually think there's a chance that Donald Trump will still become president? Because if you turn on Fox News, he will, and you turn on CNN, it's over. Right. I'm just curious. So go ahead and go crazy on this one. I'll go with the easy one first. Was your second question? No, there's okay. not. There's not a way. And and if the courts overturned the results of the election, all hell would break loose. Then our then the integrity of our election system would be demolished. And people have said widespread. Widespread fraud is not an issue, all right? So, uh, besides that, the the political climate, I think right now everyone views it as being more divided than it's ever been. I think that's mainly because of social media. We can pick up our phones. We can look at a tweet. I could tweet at the President of the United States right now. He might see it. Before this, that would never happen. When we're back, George W. Bush and President Clinton, and before that, we didn't have access immediately to not only the president, but our local elected officials, our governor, our... And so we see this. We get everyone's political opinion shoved in our face. You look on Facebook. You read, aunt so-and-so is ranting about this right now. This is, <laughs> And it's some article that is a fake-ass website, and it's like, foxnews.us. Well, that's right. not a real website. <laughs> um, I know that because I'll make fake articles about my buddies like shitting their pants in Vegas and send it to the group and it looks like it's a legit news story. Um, so it's right now it seems divided. I don't think it's a lot more divided than it's ever been. You've always had Republicans, always had Democrats. We dis- We disagree with the other side. Yeah. The majority of the public is in the middle, or a good chunk of the public's in the middle. It, it, but it's it used to not be shoved in our face. Yeah, it's echo chamberville, USA. Yes. Everyone lives in. Right. So how about this too? And then last thing, 
what's so amazing to me now is so you brought up a great point. There's all the there's there's literal fake news, and then there's well, I, I would say most news is fake on on every side because mm-hmm. it's not that they're not reporting facts, but I feel like the way it's reported is disingenuous and and aimed toward whatever side they're trying to put off. But what to me the most disheartening thing is just that like I used to watch the news to find out like you know, something that was actually happening in my community. And now I have no idea because they don't talk about anything that's pertinent to my life. Right. They, they lead with the, here's how many people died today from coronavirus. So right away you're in a great mood. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, it's sad that you can't find straight news and I'll just leave it there. Yep. No. And, and that's it because it, it's based on clicks. That's yes. The absolutely. Sa- sales department. They yep. have a product to sell and they look at it and say, here's how many clicks we get. Here's how many unique page visits we had. Well, how do they get that? They have to have a sensational headline. Yeah. They, if it bleeds, it leads. Well, everything's right, breaking 100%. news, right? You, yeah. always, you turn it on, it's always breaking news, well, regardless of the story. Absolutely. And then it's, oh, shit. We, if we found out if we lead with the COVID deaths, we get an extra 11 seconds on our algorithm. Yes. And then we can put two more ads in and holy shit, the ad revenue. Mm-hmm. But, but I, you nailed it too. Everyone always talks about the present time of being the most polarizing, craziest time. It's like, dude, there's been, first of all, anything that went on in the fifties and sixties with all the civil rights stuff and things like that. Come on. That was, that was, I would say in my opinion, that was more impactful and probably a crazier time than right now. But anyone who comments on this is more cognizant of it right now. Cause we're right. kind of in the age of people who pay attention, but. Yeah, when, no. when I took my stance when I was in the uh, legislature, I was one of four Republicans to vote against putting a ban on same-sex marriage as a ballot item. The, the, the House Republican Caucus and the Senate Republican Caucus wanted to put a measure that would make uh, it, it prohibit. It would be in the state constitution that marriage is between a man and a woman. All right. I was against that. So I voted against it. You should have seen the emails I got from other states. It got blown up to a national thing. Because you're a Republican standing yeah, out, I right? Had, I had people from, and it was religious-based organizations, saying that they don't support abortion, but they think my mom should have aborted me and all. Jesus. Of, oh, yeah. Holy shnikes. It was, uh, yeah. And I had fun with those. I had fun with those emails. <laughs> I would respond, and I'd ask them questions. I'd. I'd say, or I'd tell them to go to bed or maybe <laughs> sign them up for certain email lists that they might not have liked, perhaps. Um, that felt, that felt pretty goddamn divided to me. So, but, but it, that's part of it. I didn't lose any sleep at night. It's fine. And, and, uh, I think now also, and the last thing I think I'll say about politics, cause it gets boring for, for listeners, I'm sure, but. There are a lot of debating policy, debating uh, points of view on things. When you have facts, it's a lot more enjoyable to have a discussion. And discussion is what leads to our country being better. You hear views from this side, views from this side. You'll learn to listen to the other side and you say, I see where you're coming from. I may not necessarily agree, but I understand where you're coming from. Where nowadays, if you're intellectually lazy or just outright don't have the mental capacity to have a debate on facts, you name call. Yep. <laughs> and it, right? And it yep. shuts it down because what's the what's the saying go? Don't don't ever debate with an idiot. 
Yeah. Because they'll drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. That's true. It is true. And so that's why with those ones, I don't even get involved. Or, or simply, I'll just say, go to bed. That's great. Kudos to you, too, for just <laughs> you weren't so partisan. It's like you're Republican for whatever reason. But if something makes logical sense to you, you're not going to sit here and toe the line. No. I'll give you props on that 100 percent. That's how you've lived your whole life, obviously, right. from having read the book, having known you, having talked to you. And, dude, that's one of the best things about you. And don't change that. And, Thanks, and don't get me wrong. You're not going <laughs> to. I know you wouldn't. So thank you. Yeah, hats off. Hey, let's lighten things up a little bit, man. I want to, so I'm a fellow golfer, and I know you had a pretty awesome summer as far as the links go. Um, why don't we start out, so you had a hole-in-one. Mm-hmm. Let's, let, let's hear that story. I, I want to hear, like, the details of this thing. Was that, that was right after my appearance with you guys, I think, then, huh? I think it was, yeah, maybe like a week or two, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> Almost assuredly because of our appearance. Obviously. Your appearance was <laughs> got you on the right track, baby. <laughs> the, um, well, I started golfing pretty well, well, for my standards, pretty well. I had said I wanted to break 100. I got close to breaking 90 by the end of the year. Wow. Um, That's phenomenal, man. It's awesome. My left arm started to, to hurt fairly decent. Um, I have rods in there from the bomb blast. They put two because I broke uh, the ulna and the radius in that bomb blast. So I've had rods in there since then. Um, well, this year I, I was golfing. Instead of golfing a couple times a month, I was golfing two, three times a week. My arm, my left arm, started getting sore, but I was golfing so much better because I couldn't. I, I wasn't swinging as hard as I could because every swing hurt. So I just took it nice and easy. I'd swing good, but I wouldn't put a hundred because if you try and massacre the ball, bad things happen. So. It was the best I'd been golfing. So I kept it up and I'm like, I hope my arm hurts forever because <laughs> hey, I'll just I'll battle through it. It's fine. Uh, and then I ended up getting that hole in one. It was on the 17th hole of TPC Twin Cities, which is kind of the picturesque par three that they have. Okay. Uh, I was using my five iron to hit it. It was 153 yards and I got made fun of, but on Twitter, they were like 153 yards and you use a five iron, you pussy, but I don't have legs, playboy. So, so I had my neighbors come with and I was golfing pretty well. Actually, a few holes before I stuck it about four feet from the pin on a different par three. And I was like, that's about as close as I'm ever going to get. And then I too putted. <laughs> uh, really? Shoot. So, so this, I was sitting there, I was focused. I was like, all right, get it close and drain it. So I hit it. It hit the front of the green and was running back. It was running like an open sore. It kept going. Pin was towards the back on the right-hand side of it. Bunch of water to the left. So I wanted to stay right. And I was like, all right, I'm on. And I'm telling myself, do not two putt. Do not two putt. And my neighbors are freaking out. And he's like, I don't see it. I don't see it. And I'm like, son of a bitch, it rolled off the back of the green. And he said, I think it went in. I think it went in. <laughs> I was like, calm down. <laughs> and he and he grabs his range finder and he's looking. He's like, I don't see it. And they're freaking out. And he goes, I'm going to videotape you walking up to the hole. And I said, this is going to be great. My friends will love it because it will be a video of me walking up to the hole and there's going to be nothing in there. <laughs> So we go up there, and I'm starting then to get excited because these guys are losing their shit. And I'm like, all right, all right, come on. <laughs> we get up there. 
And I start walking up there, and I've got my fingers crossed, and I'm walking up to the hole. And sure enough, there it was. I saw the Callaway logo looking up at me, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Lost my mind. So That's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Did you, did and you I'm buy glad you got it on a video. Say that, say that again. Did you have to go buy beers, or what's – we got a bottle of champagne in the clubhouse. The, there uh, you go, dude. They, but they, they picked up the whole thing, and the deal is you have to buy the whole clubhouse. Yeah. Around, apparently not. They brought I, – I bought my group around, and then people were leaving. They had dinner with their families and stuff, and it, the clubhouse was packed. Wow. Um, and then – so I didn't end up having to buy a bunch of stuff. Well, then they said – we got around for you. The clubhouse did. I'm a member there. <laughs> I was like, so I got off pretty easy, but they went out immediately. They grabbed the, the, the flag. And so I'm going to get that framed over the winter. But yeah, that was one of the best days of my life. And then uh, not too long later. Oh, yeah. I took my birthday off. or The, the course was closed on October 7, which is my birthday. So the next day. My buddies, we took the day off. We're going to go there and golf just the whole day, have some drinks, get a ride home. It was going to be just a goof around day. On the driving range, second swing, boom, I feel this pop in my arm. And I was like, it. I, I knew something was real wrong. So I went to urgent care. My arm was broken. So it had been broken that whole time. And wow. I kept playing through it, and it would start to heal, start to heal, and I would re-break it. But this time, then, I broke it all the way through. So, shut, shut down for the year. Dude, I guess if you've had your legs flipped up onto your chest, breaking an arm, <laughs> it's nothing for a player, right? Right, yeah. That's amazing. So, now, do you have to re-break it? Nope. <laughs> so, you play well? No, I'm kidding. No, I would I would like to, yeah. So, But then the urgent care lady was like, the first doctor, she's like, I don't know if golf's going to be your thing, and... I don't know because she said this is probably going to be a real uh, – what did she say? She goes, unfortunately, it's broken, and this is going to be a difficult surgery. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, then I ended up going to the orthopedic surgeon, and she goes, no, it was broken, but it's it's all straight. It's not displaced. We're going to wow. let it heal. So I didn't need surgery or anything. And she said, oh, you're going to be golfing in no time. Don't worry about it. So that first doctor can go to bed. <laughs> going to bed. You must have a nasty good pain tolerance, dude. I, I, I was I, I, I almost cried with a high ankle sprain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's seriously, that's incredible. Thank so you. you're good to go now? I'm I'm good I get my next X ray on the tenth of January and that'll be the green light. Okay. Sweet. Sweet. Now Chris, one of our sponsors uh gave us to give to you uh tickets to golf. Keller golf course had you gotten there yet this year or are you uh, sitting on those I had stuff? it set up we were going to go either that weekend or the weekend after and so no we're going to go in the spring then because my awesome. buddies won't my buddies won't let me out of it they're like <laughs> they're like you're taking us because I told them they're like oh yeah sweet oh, what does it cost there is it I have I have a gift card for it and they're like oh sweet so of course they're not going to forget that right absolutely <laughs> price is right <laughs> and I, uh -huh. I want to golf Keller I haven't golfed it since before I went to Iraq, and I heard that they did a nice oh, renovation. Wow. And yep, mm -hmm. well, we nice gotta shape, we gotta get there too. Yeah, we. In fact, we we talked about having beers, dude. When COVID blows mm -hmm. over, and I understand that that's not how it works scientifically. Uh, it's not gonna blow over, but when it's over, dude, we gotta we seriously gotta get together and just wrap. Hundred percent. Have a couple, three, four beers. That might be an Uber night. Oh yeah, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, 
last thing I want to leave you with. So were you recently in Vegas? Did I see? Yes. Any good stories there you want to divulge? That you can talk about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. So we um, – meat sauce, anyone that – Oh, yeah, Paul they, Lambert. Yep. If they, if, if they listen to the morning show, they, they know uh, they're familiar with Paul. So he was on it, his brother, and then my Army buddy Tim and our friend Brent. And normally it's like 25 of us that go, and that's our sports betting weekend. We bet college on Saturday, and there's a group of the guys that are – Sounds like my daughter is being massacred in the living room. Um, <laughs> the uh, the there's a group of guys that they're experts on college football, so I defer to them. I say, take my money, make the bets. NFL, that's my jam. So Sunday we do that. Well, this year with COVID, a lot of the guys dropped out. Some of them had work stuff going on. Some of them just didn't want to admit that they were nervous to go, which is fine. We went there. The place was it was a lot more lively than I expected. They're very very much on the masks you take a sip once you're done taking your sip you put the mask on no big deal they don't want to get closed again um so paul the whole lead up to it we're gonna tear this town up we're gonna fucking destroy it this is gonna be great we're gonna just rage <laughs> every night at like 4 30 p.m and he's usually his teeth are in the glass pretty early anyway <laughs> This was like dinner time, and he's like, I'm just going to go back to the room. So we're like, all right, that's fine, but you're going to, with this group of friends, we're going to ride you like a horse. No big deal. So we'd stay out. We'd be taking pictures with our arm around in empty chairs, you know, and drawing like a, drawing like a uh, stick figure person with, you know, with an ugly face or with a wiener on him or, or something. And uh, he just, the, he finally was like, you guys, it's not that funny. So I coined the phrase. I said, he's like Punxsutawney Phil. He comes out, he sees his shadow and immediately goes back into his hole. So there was that. Um, what was it? Yeah, there was a handful of stuff that happened. It was mostly, mostly boring stories for the most part because it was just, gamble and we got our asses kicked in gambling we didn't do well in sports betting we didn't do well in slot machines card games uh none of it but we had a great time it was good so to be down, back in vegas down awesome. overall i take it oh yeah yeah definitely but the good news is next time the rooms will be free again <laughs> yeah <laughs> there you go well Comp you paid for them but yeah there you yes. go yes yeah comp them oh yeah all right, man. Well, hey, that's that's what we got for today. We, we appreciate it once again for for coming on, man. And for Anytime, real, let's uh, guys. let's let's freaking line something up and legit have some beers and hang out. Deal. Yeah. Sounds we got to get together, Chris. We appreciate you, man. And hopefully your daughter's okay back there in the room. And we're gonna send you a gift. Uh, and we do appreciate it. And yeah, like Luther said, let's let's. We always say this, or people say it, but we gotta drink. We gotta we gotta hang out, dude. We Absolutely. Gotta. You know where right, to buddy. find me. Yeah, appreciate you. All right, All right fellas, brother. have a good one. Thanks See again. Too. Yep. Bye. Later. See ya. All right, folks. That is all she wrote. Thank you very much, Chris, for, for joining, for taking the time. Uh, guys, check out his website. It is johnmcreasel.com if you're looking to book a speaker. And, hey, thank you to the JP4 Foundation, per usual. Much love. And thank you, listeners. We appreciate you. Go to ltkathletic.com. 
click email the show if you're interested in reaching out and got a question or a little shout out, whatever. So thanks again, guys. Take her easy. Learn, try, know, and achieve. Um, babe.